and welcome back to another episode of I'm Free Now What with me, Michelle Fortier, a licensed clinical social worker in the state of Florida. Today's topic is going to be on something called ACEs, which stands for Adverse Childhood Experiences. ACEs, for me, is something that I absolutely love to explain. I think teaching about ACEs helps a lot of people understand what's wrong with them. People tend to blame themselves and to think that there is something inherently wrong with them in particular. When meanwhile, as we see when I go over ACEs, it's really their brain being all sorts of fucked up from their childhood experiences. Now, the way that ACEs came about, this is a big research thing that happened. I think it was back in the 90s. They took all these people and they um, gave them a little survey and they checked out what their adverse childhood experiences were. And then what they did is they followed up with them every um, so often and they tracked how their health outcomes were, their social outcomes and all this other stuff. And so what they found is people that had four or more ACEs had a whole shitload of adverse uh, effects on their health. And these adverse effects were things like hepatitis C, um, teenage pregnancy, COPD, heart disease, all this other stuff. And so the researchers were like, what is going on? And so they started looking at how chronic stress influences the body and so what they found is that when we are swimming in all these hormones from the chronic stress when we are children what's occurring is that our brain the structures in our brain our neural pathways are all changing based on these chemicals that are just free floating around and now i'm going to go over the little checklist with the aces now these aces that i'm going to go over they are not every single adverse childhood experience that people are capable of going through. These are just the most common ones. Now, the other childhood experiences that are not listed are things like racism, poverty, involvement in foster care, involvement in the uh, juvenile justice system. So these are all things that we know also traumatize children. but they are not as common as these 10 that I'm gonna go over. So hopefully in this little talk, you have managed to get a pen and paper so that way you can gather the information about how many ACEs that you have. So let me get started with this list. Now, prior to your 18th birthday, did a parent or other adult in the household often or very often swear at you, insult you, put you down, or humiliate you, or act in a way that made you afraid that you might be physically hurt. Write down a one if that happened to you. Did a parent or other adult in the household often or very often push, grab, slap, or throw something at you, or ever hit you so hard that you had marks or were injured? Put down a one if that's a yes. Number three, 
Did an adult or person at least five years older than you ever touch or fondle you or have you touched their body in a sexual way or attempt or actually have oral, anal, or vaginal intercourse with you? If that is a yes, mark down a one. Number four, did you often or very often feel that no one in your family loved you or thought you were important or special or your family didn't look out for each other, feel close to each other, or support each other? That's a yes. Put down a one. Number five, did you often or very often feel that you didn't have enough to eat, had to wear dirty clothes, and had no one to protect you? Or your parents were too drunk or high to take care of you or take you to the doctor if you needed it? That's a yes. Put down a one. Number six, were your parents ever separated or divorced? Yes, put down a one. Was your mother or stepmother often or very often pushed, grabbed, slapped, or had something thrown at her? Or sometimes often or very often kicked, bitten, hit with a fist, or hit with something hard? Or ever repeatedly hit over at least a few minutes or threatened with a gun or knife? If that is a yes, mark down one. Did you live with anyone who is a problem drinker or alcoholic or who use street drugs? If that is a yes, mark down one. Was a household member depressed or mentally ill or did a household member attempt suicide? That's a yes, mark down one. Did a household member ever go to prison? If that is a yes, Mark down one. Now go ahead and add up all those ones and that's going to be your ACE score. So ACEs are pretty common. Um, most people have at least one ACE. Mm, yeah, not, mm, not most people, but a good chunk of people have at least one ACE. Now people that have four or more are the ones that are really um, set up to have some big, big, big negative outcomes. For instance, people that have a four or more ACE score, more likely to be an alcoholic. Um, they're more likely to have depression. They are more likely to need an antidepressant. Um, they are more likely to perpetrate domestic violence, more likely to get liver disease, more likely to smoke, more likely to be raped. It's crazy. Uh, more likely to attempt suicide, more likely to engage in sexual behaviors as a teenager, more likely to have problems at work, more likely to have COPD. And why is this? Why do we have all these poor health outcomes when we have these ACEs? Like I said before, we have all these chemicals swimming in our body. We're often stuck in that fight, flight, freeze response. And so when we're stuck in that fight, flight, or freeze response, we're generally feeling really crappy. And so we do things to make us not feel so crappy. And so liver disease, COPD, hepatitis, those things are caused by substances, right? You have COPD that's caused by smoking, you have liver disease that's caused by um, drinking, uh, and liver disease can also be impacted by hepatitis C, which can be picked up from needles, which are often used to use 
heroin and other um, injectable drugs. So the reason why people do these substances is because they feel like crap and when we use substances that allows us to release dopamine in our brain. There's also behavioral things that we do that release dopamine and help us feel better. Those are things like overeating. So becoming morbidly obese is more likely in people that have four or more ASAs. Now we also talked about teenage sexual behavior being more uh, prevalent in people that have four or more ASAs. Sex releases dopamine and oxytocin. So those are two feel-good hormones too. So if you're feeling pretty crappy and you want to feel better, you tend to do these things that aren't going to make you feel better, but they have all these negative outcomes. Now there's also, you know how I said that there's more likely an increase in rape? Um, you know, people that are doing these behaviors of um, using substances, of, you know, going into um, more high-risk activities, they're around not always the most savory characters, and those not-so-savory characters generally also have a lot of stuff that's just not right, and so they're more likely to victimize people, and that's why they're also more likely to be a perpetrator of domestic violence. So there's all that going on. And now let's talk about how ACEs impact the criminal justice system. So you have little Timmy, he's in school. Little Timmy the night before, his mom watches mom get the shit beat out of her. Um, dad was drunk, um, you know, uh, what are some of the other ACEs? Dad was drunk. Mom got the shit beat out of her. Um, little Timmy didn't have any clean clothes to wear in the morning because nobody gave a shit whether little Timmy actually put on some clothes and went to school. And so little Timmy had at least three aces just the day before. So little Timmy is in school, body swimming with cortisol and adrenaline. And then little Timmy is expected to pay attention. As a side note, very interesting thing, a lot of times, ADD, ADHD, they're not ADD, they're not ADHD, they're trauma responses. That's something that we need to be aware of when we're diagnosing children with ADD and ADHD. We need to figure out the children and their trauma histories because what looks like ADD and not paying attention could be dissociation by the kid. What looks like ADHD, the inability to sit still, could be that fight or flight response. And so there's the child's response to trauma. But anyway, let's get back to little Timmy. So little Timmy is sitting in class. Little Timmy's brain is just swimming in these hormones. And now adrenaline is really good when we're trying to escape from something. Adrenaline allows us to not have to think so hard and allows us to be more impulsive, to run away from danger. And it helped us survive when we're running from lions on the Serengeti. But little Timmy is not running from lions in the Serengeti. Little Timmy really needs his brain to function to be able to pay attention. But little Timmy, his brain's not functioning because it's just swimming in adrenaline. So little Timmy is not picking up anything from class. Little Timmy can't pay attention. And little Timmy doesn't stay in a seat. So now little Timmy is getting in trouble. 
little Timmy is not being able to be able to learn how to read. Brain not functioning. Can't stay in seat, teacher gets mad. Now he is in dealing with the resource officer. And that's never a good thing. I don't know when we decided that it's a good idea to put police in schools, but apparently that's what we did. And in fact, in Florida, there was just recently, either he was either six or eight, I don't remember, but a little kid got arrested for hitting the teacher and they actually put him in cuffs. It's insane. So anyway, so little Timmy is now not sitting still. Little Timmy is getting yelled at, which then re-traumatizes him and makes him not connect to the people in his life. And then little Timmy learns to not trust anybody and little Timmy continues to act out. And then little Timmy is being sent to a special school. Um, you know, those places, they call them like the behavioral schools where you all the bad kids go to. Um, and so then he's around other kids that are suffering and it's they're generally not funded very well. So you don't have like the highest caliber of teachers in there and they're still expecting them to be able to learn. But whatever, so little Timmy is now in that special school. Little Timmy is hanging around more kids that are involved in other high-risk behaviors. He's being introduced to other high-risk behaviors. Little Timmy is now punching the teacher, throwing desks across the room. Um, and now little Timmy is involved in DJJ. Little Timmy learns more behaviors, still does not get treatment for his trauma, still continues to be acting out of the fight or flight response. And now little Timmy has now picked up an adult charge. And now little Timmy is now in the um, adult system. And all we needed to do is figure out that little Timmy needed to get his trauma treated. How fucked up are we that we do these to these children? And I am truly, truly, truly heartbroken that many of the people that might be watching this video that have wound up in the prison system have gone through this system. We as a society are completely failing these children. And as adults that have gone through this stuff, you were completely failed. But there is hope. Even as an adult, we have something called neuroplasticity, which means that our brain can change based on new experiences. So we can actually learn how to deal with the ACEs that we've been through. And we can learn to have peace in our lives and not be stuck in this fight, fight, or freeze mode. And one of the big ways that we can do that is asking for help. Get help. There is so much help available. Find a good therapist. Find somebody that you connect with. Find somebody that you trust. Find somebody that you feel has your best interest at heart. Find somebody that is trauma trained, that understands ACEs because you deserve to feel better. So asking for help, number one. Number two is building trusting relationships. When you're going through these ACEs when you're a child, you learn not to trust anybody. Why would you trust anybody? People are beating the hell out of each other. This guy's passed out drunk on the front lawn. Mom's over there doing some pills, forgot to feed you. You go to school, teacher yells at you. 
Everybody is untrustworthy. They're all enemies. But you're not a child anymore. And you get to actually pick the people that you hang around. You're not stuck with them. When we're children, we're stuck with these really fucked up adults. But as an adult ourselves, we're not stuck anymore. Find people you can trust. So that's number two. Number three way to heal is, it sounds so stupid, but it works because what it does is it helps lay down those new neural pathways. And that is to start developing a positive outlook in life. When you start doing those stupid affirmations that say, I'm a good person, the world is going to provide for me, blah, 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 blah. What you are doing is you're rewiring your brain. And when you rewire your brain, you can start feeling better. It's really cool. Now, the fourth thing that you can start doing, that you need to start doing to heal, is your feelings. Feel them. Feel your feelings. So, what happens a lot of times when we're children and all the adults in our life are just chaos, we are often told that our feelings are wrong or bad. And sometimes we're punished when we're children for our feelings. So you sit there, you cry because you just, you know, got the shit beat out of you. And you're told, shut up or I'm going to give you something to cry about. So you're not ever comforted or allowed to feel. And that's normal. You get the shit beat out of you. You should be crying. That's a normal, healthy response to pain. But you're told not to have a normal, healthy response to pain. That is invalidating your experience. And when your experience is constantly invalidated, you learn not to trust even yourself. So what you can do as an adult is start saying, oh, this is what I'm feeling. It is valid. What do I do with this feeling? What is this feeling telling me? Blah, 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 blah. That's why DBT works so well with people that have gone through all this trauma because they don't know their feelings and they don't know how to feel them and they don't know how to cope with them because they were always told that those feelings were wrong, that they had to hide them, that they had to shove them down. And that's never a good idea to do with your feelings. So those are the four ways to start working on your ACEs. So I hope you found this video helpful. I hope that you are now motivated to go get treatment for your ACEs. I hope that you now understand that the way that you are is because of a lot of different things that happened along the way. You are not inherently a bad person or a broken person or something is wrong with just you. This is just because of the shit that happened to you and how it affected your brain. So. If you like this, please like, subscribe, and share. If you have any questions or concerns, you can either leave them in the comment section below or you can always um, uh, message me on Instagram and I will be happy to answer any of the questions that I have answers to. If not, I can always point you probably in the right direction. The information that I talked about today is uh, a lot of it came from a really good website called Aces Too High. It outlines everything really clearly, which makes it 
easy to digest and understand. Uh, and I'll put the link for that in the about section below. So I wish you continued freedom. I wish you peace and I wish you good mental health. Take care.